Hello, this is the Tribe Stories, the curated sermons, conversations, and collections of poetry of the Tribe Lagos. The Tribe Lagos is a gospel expression based in the city of Lagos, committed to reaching the next generation with the message of God's love and grace. May this refresh and revive you as you listen. So today I would focus on I am heavenly. And we can talk about this for 40 weeks of Sunday and not exhaust it. All of them that we'll be talking about, you know, it's, but just try to hammer on it quickly, quickly. So it's one of the things that it will do for us. It, it will charge you. It will make you question a lot of things. It will vex you. It will, it will give you answers. It will make answers begin to pop up. But it will do you good if you accept the truth from the scriptures. Somebody say, I'm heavenly. I'm heavenly. No, no, say it again. Say it calmly. Say it boldly. I am heavenly. What does that mean? Who wants, to, who wants to try to guess or say, what does it mean to you? I am heavenly. Who is heavenly here? Haba. Okay, now some no, people's hands. Let me see if you are heavenly. Let me see. Please, what does it mean, brother? No, you, brother, yes. What does it mean to you? Mm. Say, I'm divine. I'm divine. Who is divine? Now, now they're not raised hand, only. <laughs> Sir, what does he mean? Congratulations anyway, eh? You are born of God. Okay, now, who's born of God? <laughs> See this one, he's pointing somebody else. Are you born of the devil? <laughs> are you born of the devil? <laughs> Who is born of God? What does born of God mean? No, sir. No, no sir. No, no, it's one. No. What's that one, eh? It means that I'm like Christ, born of God. Who's, who else is born of God here? Precious, right? Born of God. What does born of God mean? I am of the same substance as God. Hey! <laughs> substance. It means I'm God's type. I'm a type of God. Not like I'm a second God, I'm a type of kind of God. No. I am. Do you understand? You get essence. I am, but, but is that true? Yes. yes. But do we live like that? <laughs> Will they try? Yes. Say it again. I'm heavenly. I'm heavenly. I, am I am glorious. I am glorified. I am glorified. I'm a son of God. I'm a son. I am divine. I'm a citizen of heaven. It means that you're heavenly now, right? I'm a citizen of heaven. Uh, you know, citizenship comes with some rights and privileges and also responsibilities. Let's dwell on citizenship a little bit. Um, some people have dual citizenship. Some people like the blue passport a lot. Right? Over their green. Now, we understand citizenship. That's why I want to um, punch on that. Citizenship. And we, we understand it so much so that even if we cannot write about it, eh, we behave it naturally. And beyond you understanding it, people that are not you are not of the same citizenship as you. Treat you the same way that you claim as a citizen. 
I say we understand citizenship to a fault. We need to understand heavenly citizenship. Philippians chapter 3. We'll start from there. So, there's a way... Have you ever met an American? Or maybe in movies, right? You've seen any movies. There's, there's an Americanness about them. Right? Annoying. Well, you can say it's annoying because maybe because they are ethnocentric. That means because they, they have value and self-worth for their ethnicity and they treat other people like that. Eh? So it borders on racism. When God is not inside, it becomes um, devilish discrimination. So Americans think that they are too good for the world. Right? They just think that there's, there's nothing they can't do. Home of the free, land of the brave. So Americans would play a sport and win in America. They say they are the world champions. I mean, who does that? Have they played Ogirisir before? <laughs> Who knows what Ogirisir is? Abba. You don't know? No, we know what Ogirisir is. You just don't know that's the real name. That's the botanical name. The botanical name. Ogirisir is that thing that you play that's Ayo. Uh, it's Ogirisir. Americans, I think they, would say, they would just, if they play it now in America, let's say in Tennessee, for instance, they will say that the world champions. They invented it. So they will take your song and sing it. You will prefer their own. It will become like it's their own. They take ownership. It's citizenship that's talking. They are proud to be Americans. You see sometimes when they are singing the national anthem, they'll be crying. <laughs> because of... No, no, I do. No, I, I do. Have you, have, you, have you listened to our national anthem? Jesus, I, 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 whenever we sing it, I'm passionate. You still do? Yes. I did last month. I went for a function and they, were, they played and I stood up. Like, like, I had to hold it because the camera was in front of me. Oh God of creation. Arise, oh compatriot. Nigeria's call up to, huh? It's solid. I pledge to Nigeria, my country. No, but really, if we, if we consider the two stanzas and the pledge, people will not be jackpying like that. Plus, history, our, our proud, rich history is not being taught us. The biggest, till date, largest earthwork before the mechanized era happened in Nigeria, in Benin. The Great Wall of Benin. Have you ever heard of the Great Wall of Benin? Bigger than the wall of China. Check it. It's in Guinness Book of Record. It's in Google it. It's there. So our history is not... Or you want to hear about some of the heroic things that happened in the north or in the west? They are there. But because we are, these heritages are not being taught us, we are xenocentric. That's the opposite of ethnocentric. Ethnocentrism. So we, we don't value our culture, our heritage, our history, ourselves as a people. 
So we look forward to something in another man's house. So that's the reason for the Exodus. To an extent, Exodus is not bad if it's done correctly. But if it's done because you are running away, say there's nothing here. They are, by running away, they are coming in in thousands. Yes. Everything is here. Everything is in Africa. All the riches, yes, all the riches of this world are concentrated in Africa. Okay, let's leave Africa. So I'm heavenly, right? Yes, sir. So I'm saying that, so that Americans have those attitudes because of, of course, their history, their heritage, constitution, and then the way they value their, themselves, right? Yes, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Let's do King James first, then we'll do Amplified, and then we'll do TPT. King James, Philippians 3, 20. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Pause there for a minute. I mean, if you read this at face value, if, you if you've not been a Bible student, um, conversation is what? But you know that's not what it means. Uh -huh. Our conversation is in heaven. For, for, for those that don't like King James, so let's do Amplified. Amplified will expand it a bit, and then we'll do my favorite, TPT. And by the way, some Christians don't like TPT. Don't worry, it happened to a message as well. It has happened to every translation that comes. Because people think, you see what I was talking about, that when that brother asked the question, why is the Bible so hard? People think that it has to be hard. I mean, almighty God, it must be shrouded in mystery. It must, it must be something you can get. So when it becomes simple, they say you have watered down the gospel. But Jesus said to water down the gospel is to teach traditions of men as the word of God. He said that's what makes the word of God ineffective. It's not to change the language. The language of God is not Arabic, it's not Latin, it's not Hebrew. It's not English. This is King James, of course. It's not even King James. God doesn't speak and say, Ugo, Ugo. Where goest thou? God doesn't talk like that. God speaks pidgin, Yoba, Igbo, everything. God can talk to 8 billion people at the same time in different languages, all their languages, and he's responding at the same time. Any God who can't do that is not God. That's why he's almighty. He, can, he will do it at the same time. As he's telling you something, he's telling you the same, he's telling you another thing at the same time in different languages and he's responding and you're having conversations back and forth. That's almighty. Huh? That's why he's using one person to speak and people are hearing in different languages. You remember Acts chapter 2? He's not using one person. He's carrying somebody's noise, a noise of a group of people and translating in different languages to different people. Okay now. Okay, so let's do Amplified. It says, let's read together. One, two, read. But we are citizens of the state. The state. Commonwealth, yes. Homeland. Which is what? And from it also, we earnestly and patiently await the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, our Savior. Now, um, heaven is not a physical place. But it's the real place. Huh? Because before God created the heavens and the earth, he was somewhere. Where? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe he was the place. So, so, ah, but God is almighty. He now created a place where he can... Where was he staying before? Okay. That one will cause headache. <laughs> you don't have to be pursuing those things. Those are the things that lead to trouble. 
like looking for the lost books. <laughs> okay. So he said, so he says it's the homeland. Come on. This is a mindset that Paul had. Hmm? It's a mindset we must cultivate. It's how we must live our lives. I am heavenly. He said we are citizens of the state, commonwealth, the homeland, which is in heaven. And from it also, okay then. So you see why, you see why um, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not working to make it to heaven. It's not something you can work to make. See, after all, heaven is my goal, really. You missed the whole point. Heaven is not my goal. That's where I came from. I'm a citizen. So it's not a higher, it's simple. I teach simple things, but they are the most difficult things because people don't like simple things. People like it complex. So they want to fast for 40 days dry. Say, if it's not working, give it 40 days dry. You go die. <laughs> Try it. Well, people have been trying it and they, they also end up with a lot of, a lot of sicknesses and stuff. <laughs> Some of them demons. No, I know, I literally know people, if I know somebody last month, last two months, who almost died. It wasn't even 40 days, but he was fasting. <laughs> without sense. Without wisdom. They don't understand that when Jesus fasted, he drank water. Ha! It's not in the Bible. Okay. It's not. It's not. Try not drinking water for 10 days and not eating. You won't be hungry. Thirst may kill you. If you're a healthy human being, according to medical science, as I read many years ago, documentary, a healthy human being can stay for seven days without water. Assuming you're not taking food. Seven days. After seven days, your body starts dying. Start eating itself up. You know there's acid in your stomach? There's acid. There's actual acid that doctors say if they put in your hand, it can burn your skin. Inside. That's what cooks the food that you eat. That's how you eat white something and deliver something else in colored. You eat rice or pounded yam and you deliver some colored stuff. It has been cooked. So you come fast. You don't put anything inside. It will cook your intestine. It deliver ulcer and all those other things. And some cancers. God is a mastermind. So, and the Jews understood that when you fast, you take liquid. So if you are doing fasting and praying, you get to a point, you can't even pray again. There's no, there's no power to, there's no, you can't even say, Father. So Baba, sip some orange juice. Oh yes, it's good. You're, you see, traditions. You say if I take orange juice, I've broken the fast. You, so you think it's food that breaks the fast. Okay, ask, oh, you see doctor. Okay, take some banana. <laughs> Drink water, apple juice, vegetable milk, watermelon. And hey, now we are, we are talking science and it's correct. Oh, yes. Take water. Drink tea. Not coffee. Yeah, okay, water. <laughs> water, okay, take water. So that's fine. So we have done amplified, right? Let's do TPT and see. But we are, ah, yeah. But we are a what? We are a what? We are a colony of heaven on earth. As we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ. We are a colony of heaven on earth. So I am heaven on earth. So that's why we need need to read the constitution to understand what heaven constitutes of. 
and read the history of our hero's past. The Bible says we are surrounded by a great cloud of. He's talking about the hero's past. The people cheering us on. The people that have our heritage. Jesus, Paul, Moses. In reading those guys, you have to be careful. But pick up, pick the things that align to Christ. Then Wigglesworth, John G. Lake, Kenneth Hagin, and you know. And then compare with the light of scriptures so that you know what to take. So, Colossians chapter 1. King James. Do the KJV. Colossians chapter 1. I said we are heavenly, right? We are citizens of heaven. He's just shown us that we are citizens of heaven. No, 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 not from verse 1. Let's do verse 10 or 11. Do 12. Yeah, 12 is it. Giving thanks unto the Father which hath made, hath made his present past or future. Which hath made us meet. Meet is another KJV word. So he will make a help meet for you. It's suitable or qualified or fit. Which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. He says he's already done it. Their inheritance. As a citizen, yes. You know, I said rights and privileges, right? Somebody said, I'm a son of God the last time, right? Uh, sons have inheritance. Correct? Yes. All too often, we don't take advantage of our inheritances. Instead, what we have been taught to do and what we do is we try to want to earn the inheritance. Deserve the inheritance. Say, before God, we commit his power to you. You've not read Revelation chapter 5, that's why. You've not listened to Jesus, that's why. Before God will give you something, he would, really. <laughs> okay. Um, verse 13. Who had delivered, who will deliver us? Who had, it's past tense, right? Who had delivered us from the, from the what? He has delivered us from there. And has translated us into of his dear son. If you read the next verse, say in him we have forgiveness, the redemption of or redemption, the forgiveness, which means the redemption of our sins. Okay, so go back. So we're doing, we're doing 12 and 13 here. So um, do amplified. Uh, amplified is good. Amplified. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified and made us fit. Say, I'm qualified. I'm, qualified. I'm fit. I'm fit. Uh, God made me fit to share the portion which is the, the portion which is the inheritance is, is not here you go he said the portion the inheritance that means talking about the whole thing do you understand the whole thing of the saints God's holy people in the light so I'm a God's holy person I am holy I am heavenly I'm a citizen of heaven I'm God's son okay um, next verse 13 the Father has delivered and drawn us to himself. Draw me nearer. He said he has done it. Huh? He said he has done it. He's not going to do it. Nearer, blessed Lord. But he said he has done it. So we're not paying attention. We're not taking the constitution serious, the report serious. We, do you understand? So it makes sense to us to feel that I, I'm so far, God's so far away from me. 
My prayer is not even going beyond the ceiling. It doesn't need to go beyond your lips. How close do you want it to be? God lives in you. You and God share the same body. He's using your brain, your mind, your hands. So why do you want your prayer to go beyond the heavens? Pray louder. <laughs> so you see that you don't need to lose your voice when you are praying. Uh, you can be emotional though and sometimes you shout. But don't be shouting to think that the louder it is, it will get to heaven. You are praying like that. That prayer is awful. It... David said, let the words of my mouth That's what David said. David in the Old Testament already living in the reality of now. They were not even supposed to talk to God. They were supposed to burn incense. That's prayer. They were supposed to do sacrifice. That's it. Kill rams and bulls and goats. But David said, <laughs> he said, oh, that my prayers, he said, let my prayer ascend unto thee as incense. That means, let me know. I don't need to burn incense, God. He said, no. Let my prayer ascend unto thee as incense. If you read Revelation chapter 5, it says the prayer of the saints are sweet-smelling savor, fragrance in heaven. So angels are the ones carrying it about. So what kind of prayer do you think it is that is sweet-smelling in heaven? Drominera definitely is not sweet in heaven because Drominera is calling God a liar. So it can't be sweet in his ears. Hello? But saying, God, thank you because I'm blessed. Your word is working in my life. Thank you. I am super and above the natural realm. I am supernatural. Lord, you are almighty. Why will you not be sweet incense? Because you are affirming. You are agreeing. You are aligning with him. He said, and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. In the Old Testament, David said, I don't want to kill Melu Melu. I want to just lift my hands up and it suffices. So, so, so he said that he has delivered us. So you see that you cannot successfully teach, affirm both the new creation, eh? the new creation, and then curses. First curse of the firstborn, curse of the lastborn, curse of anyborn, generational curse, curse in my family. You cannot successfully put them together without ending up being a contradiction to yourself or being foolish. Yet, many times, those are the things that we receive. I've never heard some teachings to say, oh, you know, this is Nigeria, this is Africa. There are some things in your family that it requires special attention. You've never heard such? It requires special Say, no, I know, I know, I know, I believe in born again. I'm a new creation. But, run. Run, no, run, no. <laughs> because what they are saying is, Jesus is good, oh, but he didn't do enough. That's what they are saying. And some of our role model men of God say that, and we, mm. brother, just know, say, okay, they are still operating under, under the backside of the streets, under the law, in that aspect. There is no demon that needs special attention. No disease needs special prayer. No problem on earth needs special anything. 
Jesus did it all. Jesus canceled everything. He said he has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. So there's no kingdom of darkness. It's power of darkness. It's a system. That word power of darkness there is authority. It's jurisdiction. So he, he, he removed us from where we were slaves and made us the ruler of those things. That's what he did. So when he brought you into the kingdom of his dear son, you became a citizen. As a citizen in that kingdom, eh, you are not under the power of darkness anymore. Instead, you are lording over them. If you read somewhere in the book of Psalms, it says even the enemy, the devil, they are the ones that are saying, let us deliver ourselves from the, from the hands of the righteous, of God's son. It's in Psalm 2. It's the devil praying that prayer. Say, let us break the chains they have over us. You know how he's doing it? By promulgating lies. Say, no, no, you don't have that kind of grace. Oh. See, you are not Papa Debo, you don't try yourself. Oh. Say, no, I have a special grace. No, me, me, no. And when you come under, there's something you get from my special grace. Wrong. All of us, all of us, the special grace that we all have is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us. And the ground is level at the cross for everybody. It's level. That's what Jesus has done. It's simple. Paul did not say he has done it to only him. He said he has transferred him. Eh? He didn't say he has transferred. He said us. He says all of us are a colony of heaven on earth. No, I, I want us to really, this is not just to get us excited or get us to feel, ooh. No, this, God did all these things for us to engage in life. For us to live our lives by. Do you understand? So, for you to be a doctor, a student, a driver, a conductor, a wife, a husband, a tech savvy guy, a anything. So it's not for you to be a pastor. It's not for teaching. It's not, these things are not there so that they can teach you. So this is uncovering who you truly are. You are heavenly. And if you are heavenly, hmm, you became heavenly. When God says that you are loved, you are beloved, or I'm not ashamed of you, that, that we sing, he's not trying to say, even though shit for your body, I like you like that. What he's saying is that I'm not ashamed of you because you are glorious. Did you get? Yeah, I don't, you are glorious. That's all I see. When Israel was coming out of Egypt and they were going to pass through the um, Og, where that king hired Balak, Balaam, the king Balak, when they were coming in the book of Numbers, you know one of the things that God spoke through Balaam? He says, there is no guile in him, in Jacob. I don't see any sin in them. These guys are perfect. The same people that God has been saying to David, Moses, leave me, let me destroy them. There is stiff neck. He's, he's, what he's saying is family matter, I don't concern you. These guys are harmless. They are perfect. That's what God was saying about them. So he's not saying that, okay, I know you are heartbroken. I know you were born with multiple sclerosis. Don't worry, I like you like that. No! So, and if you are heavenly, one of the implications of that eh, is that you are supernatural. The implication of that is that you have authority over the natural realm. Is that you have jurisdiction that supersedes that of the natural realm. Take an example. When they were going to bury the queen, eh, American president went with his convoy and drove, he, that means they flew his car to England, and he came down from the plane and drove in his car to Buckingham Palace. 
African presidents were packed in Molwe. Maybe not Molwe, but see, get the contrast. They were all packed in a bus with suit and abada and brought in. There's president and there are presidents. There's citizen and there are citizens. So I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help us see how our citizenship is. You are superior. The highest position on earth in the world is the son of God. He's not a pastor. He's not an apostle. So when you get born again, that's what you become. And it's not an achievement. You know, a lot of Nigerians that go to the U.S. will spend maybe 10 years. After about 10 years, they will now get their blue passport. You see them posting on Facebook and giving testimonies. And some of them are Christians. Many years ago, a friend of mine wanted to go to the U.S. He was doing a lot of things. I was wondering, what would be this thing? Maybe like 20 years ago now. No, that was 2001, I think, or 2002. So we came to, I accompanied him to Lagos. So I gave him, so I got a new shoe. Then he said, Martin, you want just use, and I just borrowed his shoe. I said, yeah, of course, can I use the shoe. He wanted to go to the embassy. See work. So he borrowed new shoe, you know, pants, shirt, wash suit for embassy interview. Not be to become citizen yet, to, to fly into US, to Jakba. That's about 20 years ago. So that eventually we now walk, walk and become a citizen. So when we got there, that was my first time in U.S. Embassy. I was disgusted. I was irritated. And he came out of my mouth. I said, now heaven. People under the sun. People slept there and they stayed under. It was raining. They were there. I'm like, what is this place? Like, what are we doing to ourselves? So I said, I said to him, I said, I will never hustle to go to U.S. They will beg me to come. I said, because I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm talking 20-something years ago. I said, for what? Okay, what, what is that? So then you go to the US, then they'll treat you as a second class citizen. They'll give you menial jobs. And then you walk and walk and walk. Maybe 10, I don't know how long. Some people work for a long, some people know how to navigate it, and then eventually all they buy their citizenship. So sometimes that's how we treat God and citizenship that God has given us. So you think that, okay, you need to walk, 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 you know, do good things, fast, pray, stop the bad things, give, do what, then God will not be promoting you, promoting you. No, you came promoted. That's how you came. You came loaded with authority over the devil. You're just not aware. We just need to be awakened to it. And being awakened to it is as simple as believing the scriptures. It's as simple as just trusting the word that this is true. If you trust the word that it is true, if you believe what you have just said, that you are heavenly, you are glorious, your attitude will change. Your mindset toward the things of life will change. You can't believe these things and be worried and be depressed. You know, it, it's not possible. So challenges will come. It may daunt you a bit, but you, all you have to do is to remember who you are. Get back to who you truly are. Because this is who you, I say this is who you truly are. You are truly divine. Do you understand? You are truly divine. So it's not you were born that way. You didn't have to work to earn it. He said, whatsoever is born of God. Whatsoever is born of God. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. That means our trust in Jesus. Our trust in what Jesus has done. That's the victory that overcomes the world. 
So it's not that, okay, uh, some people have faith that overcomes the world, like Pastor Toby them. Oh no, they have this kind of faith. <laughs> and then some people need to walk to get that kind of thing. So you hear Christians say, ah, my faith never reached like that. No, I don't get that kind of faith. That's an invalid statement. If it is true that you don't have it, it means you're not Christian. Because Romans chapter 12 says God has dealt to every man the measure, not a measure. Everybody got the same measure. The measure is God's measure. It's God's faith that all of us got. 1 Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1. It says, according as God has given unto us the same type of faith through the righteousness of God. That's 2 Peter chapter 1. Everybody got the same measure. So we're just not aware or we don't know how to use the measure, how to release the measure to get the greater things. So God has delivered us, right? So you don't need any special deliverance. Even if in your family, both from physical and spiritual, you don't need special deliverance. Once you come into Christ, once you trust in the sacrifice of God, when you did, you were translated into the kingdom of his dear son. You became a citizen with all the rights and privileges. There's none you need to earn. You only just need to learn them, learn about them, and know how to engage them. That's what church should be. Not putting the burden on you to learn them, to get certain things. You've gotten everything. Hello? Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. God has blessed us with all work in Christ Jesus. Right? 2 Peter chapter 1 again. He says, has given us all things that pertain unto Revelation chapter 5 verse 12. He said, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. So inside those seven points of your heritage, eh, everything in the world is there. If we start digesting them one by one, power, riches. God mentioned riches. Eh? He mentioned it. Then he mentioned wisdom. Oh God, give me wisdom. He said, he said the lamb has received it. So in case you think, okay, the lamb received it, it's his own. Romans chapter 8. Number 16, it says, we are heirs of God and, and what? Joint heirs together with Christ. Put it in TPT, Romans chapter 8. Okay, yes, 17. And since we are his true children, that's heirs, as King James said, we qualify to share all his treasures. For indeed, we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that what? All that, and Revelation 5 says he's ready to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, I'm honorable, glory, and blessing. So that's why I'm glorified. He said we, are, we, are, we also inherit all that he, and all that he has. So they are there, right? And then one day Jesus came and said, all power in heaven and is given unto so what he's saying is that now you have all power in heaven and earth I have all power in heaven and earth it's my, I have it, it's mine it's the same thing you have so he said we will experience being co-glorified with him provided that we accept his sufferings as our own I mean is that not easy so I accept that when Jesus died on the cross I died on the cross eh? when they beat him I was the one they beat when the sacrifice satisfied everything that was me that's all I need to do. Accept. That's what trust is. That's what faith is. 
Accept what God said. Is it hard? No, really, is it hard? Eh? Answer, is it hard? I think it's too simple. As my wife always says, say it's too simple, that's why it's hard to people. You know, we want, how can you just say, like, all I have to do to become heavenly, to have everything that God has and is, is to know now. That's where they now brought in penance and some sacrifice that will shake heaven. You will give offering like this. God will get up and say, hey, who be that? He give me 10 billion. God, hey, God, who is that person? Call him, call him. He give me 10 billion. Hey. So God never see 10 billion. <laughs> So when we want to preach uh, and want to be charismatic, see, they give that thing that, oh God, there's nothing like that. Can you give the whole world to God? <laughs> to, shake <the> <laughs> to shake the heavens. <laughs> eh? Something that came out of his thoughts. Okay. Hello? Now, all these things I'm saying, they, they're sweet. But when the rubber hits the road, it's how to engage. So let me go to my classic story again that I like to use to rub Satan's head. So it was this kind of thinking that I had, and I was thinking, and the way, the way it becomes um, actionable for you the, way you, the way you are able to engage with it, is when you feel your thoughts regularly with this. I'm heavenly. I'm glorious. And then you're thinking about what it means to be glorious. See, this thing doesn't only affect, it affects everything in the world. It affects finance. It affects health. It affects everything. So any aspect that we are not displaying yet is because we've not shown this light on them. Period. It's even change, it can change your DNA. Oh, wait. You know, it looks like hiking, I'm saying. Even science knows that it's available. There's something they call, is it epigenetics? They say there's a way you can behave that you would edit your DNA. Yeah. Molecular yes, molecular adjustments. So they are, they are getting close. They are pushing the envelope. They are getting close. They say there's a way you can behave and the way you talk. Eh? It will change the way your body interprets things. The way your body interprets things to itself, to your DNA and nature. But before I understood this grammar, this thing they were saying, I already knew from scriptures. So I said I didn't want to be bald because my dad was bald. And as I was growing up, they were always teasing me. They said, I look like a papa pass. So my hairline started receding. My hairline started receding. So they said, you know, when, when, you are, when you are born and maybe you have, they call it carrot, when your hair, you have that, they say it's carrot. That means you go get akman. So your, your akman will be like this, go, go inside. You know, some people won't you. Some owner in. So I got born again. I received life. And I was eating this kind of thing. I said, no, I will not be bald. Do you know why I, why I happened upon that? I was reading the qualities that God gave for somebody to become a priest. God said they must not be bald. <laughs> he said they should not have hunchback. They should not walk. They should not have K-leg. <laughs> so, 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 but see, see what is happening to us. You know, we, I say, we are not taking advantage of our heavenly citizenship, of our sonship. We think it's normal. Oh, it's in my gene, it's my DNA, it's in my family. And once we get to so and so, we start using eyeglass. And once we get to so and so, then the doctors say, once you get to so and so age, uh, the chances of this is slim. And when you, as a man, prostate, really? And we just think, oh, it's normal, yes. And then you, you speak it, you preach it, you are editing and telling your body how to behave. May I said, never. 
I will never be bald. And I was the shortest in my family. I said, no. I was the shortest. Five boys and one girl. So when I ate this thing, the word of God, you know, it also works like an intoxicant. Yes. Uh-huh. When, when you know it's like maize, you know, the Bible, God, the Bible refers to the word of God as grains. Yes. I, I said this thing some, some, some time ago. When grains is soaked in water, eh, what happens? And you leave it. And fermentation takes place. It swells. And then if you leave it for some time, fermentation takes place. Eh, it becomes an intoxicant. It becomes alcoholic. Spirit. Spirit is very significant. God was very particular. Wait, all these things in the Bible, of course, the Bible is a lot, has a lot of metaphor and allegory, right? All these things speak to spiritual reality. That's why the original communion wine was alcoholic. That's why it was alcoholic, not juice. It wasn't apple juice. That's why the one that Jesus took was also alcoholic. And that's not an excuse to become an alcoholic. Eh? But that's freedom in case you take sometimes. It's okay. If you, if you think it's good for your body now, you know. Anyway. <laughs> so, so, because the significance is such that the Bible says the life of the flesh is in the, uh, that's in the book of Leviticus. So it's such that when you take in the blood significantly, the alcohol, eh? alcohol is supposed to, when, when you take in alcohol excessively, what happens? It starts taking you. So the blood is supposed to take you. So it's supposed to become in charge of your system. So instead of behaving drunk, you'll be behaving word. You, you'll, be, you'll be behaving word of God. You'll be behaving son of God. That's what happens. So that was what happened to Paul. That was what had saturated his mind. One day in Acts 27, Paul was going to Rome to, to appeal to Caesar. See, Paul understood citizenship. Once, when they were torturing him and all that, they were beating him. He cried out, he said, I'm a Roman citizen. They said, Because they knew as a Roman citizen, you were high class. You were not to be treated as a commoner. You were supposed to, as you are coming along, if you see somebody who's a Roman, you will give the person your burden to bear. Say, carry this load. As a Roman citizen, you were to be worshipped. Roman citizen... So that's why Jesus said to the Jews, hey, if they bid you carry this load one mile, carry it two miles. It was understood. It's a Roman. So, no, no, leave him. He's a Roman. If you touch him, the might of Rome will come upon your family, your lineage. He will wipe it out. So Paul said, I'm a Roman. They were afraid. They were begging. We didn't know. We, we thought you were a, a Christian. Those people that were good for sports, for killing. <laughs> Then he said, I appeal to Caesar. That means you don't have a right to judge me. It's Caesar that will judge me. How many of us appeal to God like that? So that's what you should do. So when there's poverty, when there's sickness, when there's fear, you say, no, no, I'm a citizen of the kingdom. This thing is not, doesn't obtain in the kingdom. So I appeal to the blood. I appeal to God. And you resist. That's why God said, resist the devil. Submit yourself to God. That means align with what God has said and resist the devil. So when you take the blood, it's supposed to take you. That's why, okay, leave that aspect. How did I even get to blood? Eh? I was saying my story. So, so Paul, shipwreck, Paul now told them that. I perceived that this journey will be trouble. So after a while, when they were all afraid and they, were, they thought they were all going to die, Paul said, relax, relax. An angel, a messenger from the God, from the place where I belong came. He said, 
He has given me all your lives. This is a prisoner, a physical prisoner. He said, don't worry, I've saved all your lives. The things we lost, but nobody will die here. And then when they got to mortar in 28, while they were trying to warm, warm up with fire, a viper, a venomous viper came or snake and launched or hung onto Paul. Acts chapter 28. What did Paul do? No, no there was no, hey, hey, snake, snake. Yo, some people see Melu Melu. Yesterday I went for an allocation. So we're coming back from the bush on bike. So no, I was inside a Kekena pep. So as we're coming, there were plenty Melu Melu, sorry, cow. Plenty of them on the road, bush path. And then the, some of the guys inside the keke said, ah, oh, now that guy, now you're sorry for. I said, why? I said, no, they're sorry for the cow. Immediately I said, the cow started running. He said, well, I said, they, you don't know who I've been now. They're sorry for them. Because in his mind, he said, ah, they feel just mad now. They just, mad is not demon. Don't I have authority over demons? We don't think like that. So we think, no, it's, it's for pastors. Ah, that guy's been a Christian for long ago. So, no, he has special grace. No, that's who you are if you're a Christian. But if you are not, that's who you can become. All you have to do, as Romans chapter 8 said, is to trust that what Jesus did was for you. That's, like, that's what it means to become born again. So Paul just, do I say he just went to the fire and just, mm, mm. so it's like you are, you, are, you are somewhere now. You know, people can, a lot of people can be anxious about a lot of things. So if you are somewhere, let's say ants doesn't irritate you. Oh no, let's say fly. Or let's say laba laba. You know what laba laba is? A butterfly. <laughs> butterfly. Butterfly is laba. It's laba laba. That's the real name. Abby? So let's say laba laba perch on your hand. Very fine laba laba. You know, ladies, you shouldn't be afraid of lava lava now because you used to feel butterflies in your stomach. <laughs> so, so let's say butterfly perches on you. Will you be frantic? Oh, in fact, you don't want it to go, right? So Paul thought a venomous snake was lava lava. Just that he didn't like the stain on it. So he went to fire and just shook it off and continued what he was doing. No prayer. No shataka, betapara, I will not die in Jesus' name. Okay, all those things, eh? It's coming from a place of fear. But it's good you do it so that you can educate your mind and enter into it mentally. But that's who you truly are. Because you are divine. That's what Paul did. It's not available to Paul. It was the same man who said, ha. Now, wow, there are two choices now. What do I do now? I'm just, it's hard for me to choose whether to die. Death has lost its grip on me. Paul truly knew that. He was deciding whether he should choose death or life. It was the same Paul who wrote that death is a choice. <laughs> Say, I'm divine, I'm supernatural. <laughs> I'm God's son. I'm a citizen of heaven. I am heavenly. So we're really into, you know why these things, we're not experiencing it like that? We're not paying attention to it. It's not because we are not all that we have just said. We are not being, we're not looking at this enough as a church worldwide. We're not looking at them enough. So instead, we're looking at situations, we're looking at science, the, the end of science, the limitations of mankind. Say, no, let's be realistic, let's be realistic. What can be more realistic than this? Jesus said, I am the way, the... He says, I'm the reality. 
That's the real homeland. That's the real where you are from. Say, no, that's how I was born. I was born with, okay, it's fine. Your physical body came with that limitation. You can change it now. Because you are heavenly. It says, as the spirit without the body. The body without the spirit is. So faith without works is. So, so it is the body that animates. It's the spirit that animates the body. And you are a spirit man. Oh, before we go to the last scripture. That would, that would make that very clear. You are a life-giving spirit. That's what the scripture says. So, I got married. And they say, she cannot burn because she's not a her period. And no womb lining. And I'm like, well, that's good. No period. No blood at home. No monthly pain. Because all I knew growing up, ladies always complain about monthly pain. So, so in my mind, I'm like, you don't have this thing, now you're worried. You should be happy. Because I was thinking from another realm. And it was not, there was no special anything. There was no feeling to it. There was no loud voice telling me, Martin, Martin. And she shall burn for you. <laughs> there was no loud voice. I was just following the script that I'm supernatural. Supernatural means that you're above the natural. So I edited her DNA or her body system with the word because it's available to all of us. Oh, long story short, we're born like that. We're already born. And I put full stop to it. Now I said it the last time. I say it again. I said it as a young man. I kept saying it as a young man. See, I will do it. I will born when I want to born. When I don't want to born, I won't born. So I will not use contraceptive. I don't. And she doesn't. I enjoy it life. No rubber. I've enjoyed it like that for seven years. And I will continue like that. You know why? I have authority to tell it to stop, to not produce, and to produce when I want. So in our culture, they say it's the woman that has the knife and the yam. When I heard that statement, I said, I have the knife and the yam. I decide when to cook and not cook. It's available because I'm super. So I thought to myself, so if Jesus were here and he got married, eh, he would go to the hospital and then they'll say a wife cannot burn. Then he will not be running here to ask her. <laughs> but as he is, so am I in this world. No, that's what I actually thought. Those were my thinking. So I thought to myself, so they said the husband should come for a check. I said, so Jesus will go to a hospital for a doctor to check his goose whether he go feed produce. Jesus. So it was disgusting to me. So how would they check? How would they check my seed? They will make me masturbate and put it in a bottle. And then they will go and test whether it is viable. Son of God. I was disgusted. I said, God forbid. It will never happen. Let's close on 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15. <laughs> see Anna, see how beautiful she is. I changed it. Oh God. That would decrease. <laughs> that would decrease. I know how to tell it to flow and not to flow. Mm. And she knows. I've, I've done it several times to her. Say, yeah, period. I will seize the period. It won't come. And I've done it. It's not talk. I've done, I did it this year. I seized it for two months. And I released it when she begged. Yeah. <laughs> Forget. 
1 Corinthians 15. We close from these scriptures so that we can have some questions. 1 Corinthians 15 from verse 47, sir. Let's read um, TPT. Let's do TPT. 1547. Ha! The first man was from the dust of the earth. The second man is the Lord Jehovah. Hello, listen. The second man the second man. Who's the second man? Uh-huh. In Hebrews chapter 2, he says that he says that God made the author of their salvation to suffer those things so that he can bring many sons into glory. So I'm glorified. I'm glorious. In Romans chapter 8, he said the same thing. He says that those that he knew he called, those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he? I'm godified. I'm, I've been godded. <laughs> Mm. The second man is the Lord from heaven, from the realm of heaven. Okay, go on, 48. The first one made from dust has a race of people just like him. So they're the ones that can get bald, you know, they, when they are 80 something, they become crooked, they become demented. It's their race. You can function in that race if you, if you like, if you don't take advantage of your heavenly race. Because somebody was 120 years old, his natural strength was not abated, his eyes were not dim. Yes, sir. And he was living under an inferior covenant. We're not paying attention. The second one is uh, has a race of people just like him who are also made from. Eh? So if you are dust, you are available to the beast to chew because you are just dust. Okay. The one sent from heaven. Has a race of who are just hey, so I'm just like the heavenly one, I'm just like the Yahweh from heaven, like the Lord from heaven. But if my mind has not truly accepted this truth, if it's just still words, Christianese, I can just be saying it and saying it, eh? it will not apply. And the way for you to get there is you need to look at it, accept that it's true, say it over and over again, think about it. That's meditation. Consider it and behave it. You know, Jesus said, my meat, I said, I have meat to eat that you do not know of. My meat is to... So when you talk about meat of the word, it's not like this is meat, this is meat. No, meat is doing the word. That's what Jesus said. Meat is not, oh man, this guy gave us meat. No, meat is doing the word. He said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish it. That's my meat. So the one sent from heaven has a race of heavenly people who are just like him. So if you ever claim to be a Christian, to be a follower, a disciple of Jesus, a son of God, you are saying that you are heavenly. Then when you, now, when you meet earthly principalities, earthly troubles, you can't behave like the one from dust. Because we know ourselves after the flesh. Next verse. He said, once we carried the likeness of the man of dust. Yeah, we did. We carry the likeness of the man of, but now, now let us the likeness of the man of heaven. Put it in amplified, forty-seven to forty-nine. Amplified. He said, and no, uh, forty-seven. The first man was from out of earth, made of dust, earthly minded. The second man is the Lord from out of heaven. Yes, forty-eight. Now those who are made of the of dust are like him who was first made of the dust, earthly minded. So. And as is the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven. 
So Paul wasn't the only one who knew this. Even That's why John said, as he is. Not as he was, as he is. You see how he is in the book of Revelation? Because the book begins, the revelation of Jesus Christ. That's why you must read the book of Revelation. Don't think it's about beasts and fire and all those things. It's about Jesus. That's why Christians don't read the book of Revelation. People hardly even preach on the book of Revelation unless they want to preach about fire and killings. But it begins the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, verse 49. And just as we have borne the image of the man of the dust, so shall we, and so let us also bear the... So, so, so it's, it's, it's not, oh God, make me do this. Or, no, he said I should bear it. I should wear it. I should behave it, is what he's saying. Do you believe the Bible? Yes. It's only scriptures I've just read from, for us today. What are you going to do about it? So, you can, if you take in this kind of word, eh? you can begin to even, as you are seated there, if the thing causes a lot of annoyance and vexation in you, you can begin to change certain things about your body. Because your body is not you. Your body is just cloth. It's the house you live in. So you are the one who paints the house. The house doesn't paint you. You are the one who has the right, responsibility, privilege, power to decorate the house or leave it shabby. So why are you allowing the house to control you? To paint you. So your body feels a certain kind of way. You say, ah, I don't know what's happening to me. I think they say they think they are coming down with. They say they say they are they are they say they, they have they say they have they have uh, this. I say, what are you doing with it? So if these things really begins to play in your mind, inundate your thoughts, your prayers change. It changes your prayers, changes the way you pray. So you don't go to God begging. Go to God as a son because that's who you are. That's who you are. So if you're here right now and you're wondering, but I have this challenge in my body and I have that challenge in my body, you have to insist on your rights as a child of God. That's what I've tried to do over my body. Now it doesn't mean that sometimes it's, your body will not fight it. Your mind will not, your mind will fight it because all your life. You have been receiving lies and accepting lies as truth. Say, but we're only human now. No, I'm not only human. <laughs> I'm not only human. One third of me is glorious, heavenly. And if I allow that one third, which is the real essence of me, the spirit man, to affect my mind, my body aligns. That's why I say, if that same spirit of that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, he shall vitalize or quicken your mortal body. My body aligns. So don't believe that there is the degenerative thing that it can affect you. When you begin to get old, your eye will be not to see where your bones will be weak. Oh God. It's okay for the race of dust. It's not okay for the heavenly. But if you accept it, it's fine. It will be like that for you. Insist on your rights. Behave like an American. Or rather behave like who you truly are. A son of God. A son of God. Do we have questions before we pray? Two questions, one or two questions. Everybody's quiet now. It's daunting, right? It's challenging sometimes. And don't be don't allow people to be able to be telling you to think I'm not there yet. You are there, you just need to be awakened to it. Question? Okay, sir. Good morning, good afternoon, church. Good afternoon. Okay, so um why are you a preaching? I I really appreciate what you said. 
it really broke a lot of mindset and uh, thought process in me. Thank God. Well, uh, in a, not in addition, but just a question. You made mention about you made mention of um, coming under the grace of a man of God. And I did. No, like the, when you said it, like special grace. You made something about special. Okay, grace. special grace. Okay. Yes, special grace. I, I I really don't know. I really in my in my intuition, I, I don't know if that means coming under the grace of a man of God. Oh, okay. Or, I don't know if that falls into that category. Okay, I think misconstrued. No, I said okay, okay. You know, all those special grace talk, I say it's error. No, no Nobody has a special grace. No, not the special grace. Okay. I mean, does 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 the grace of a man of God fall under that category? Um, like, like you know when people say, this grace, uh, like you're under the grace of a man of God. I don't know if, okay. if it's... Okay, let me, just, let me just explain. Okay. So, um, <laughs> the only cover you have is Jesus. That's why I said the biggest position on earth is the Son of God. It's not apostle, pastor, prophet. But there is such a way that if we are in close proximity, eh, some, of, some of the kind of person I am will rub off on you. Right? If we are in close proximity and we are friends and we are loyal to each other, we we'll begin to think alike, talk alike. So if that's the thing they are trying to explain, to say, come under the grace of, eh, because the come under the grace doesn't cut it, it's not it. The only grace you are under is the grace of Jesus Christ. Paul said the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you, is with you. Do you understand? But there is such a thing as if you are in a particular church or community, there is a way the set man behaves. There's, there are certain things that he believes. He begins to rub off on the people. The things that applies in his life begins to also apply in their lives. God help you if they are good things. <laughs> please, please pass the Freddy the mic. Okay. Okay, I just want to add something to that. Um, this thing, eh, sometimes people have the benefit of practicing it more than others. There's a point where you start to pray and believe these things. You actually not have personal needs again. So if you are, it's possible you are in a church where the pastor prays for weeks and he doesn't pray for himself. He's just praying for the members of the church. Usually, typically, it might take a while before the member of the church gets there because the member of the church is still praying for rent and car. <laughs> so because of that, many times the pastor has the privilege to pray for you. Sometimes that's what that grace means. So as he's praying for you, while you are praying for car and house, God can be trying to show you destiny that is beyond car and house. Many times the things we aspire to are a disappointment to God. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. So... If I want to say, come on, now airport, they say, may you build, oh, this car, this thing is not working. Do you understand? So, he, because he's praying for you, and he's praying over you, and interceding for you. So, for example, Paul, you see Paul said, I'm praying for the church in Ephesus, that you come into the grace, the revelation yes. of Jesus Christ. People in Ephesus are praying for rent. He is praying that you come into that grace. Do you understand? So, because of, because his prayer for you is even from your prayer for yourself, God can speak to him about you. And there are many kinds of spiritual realities that can happen in that. You remember Samuel said, I will not sin against God by not praying for you. So Samuel, as far as Samuel is concerned, his duty is to pray for Israel. As a believer too, your duty is to pray for the body of Christ. It's possible you won't get there till 12 years in Christ. But your pastor is already there. He's praying for you and your family. So some things can happen in that spiritual reality that you will now grow into. But the truth is that everything that is available to the pastor is available to you from day one. If you grow into that thing, 
The conversation will now change. Do you understand? So why the pastor is praying for you to come into the knowledge of something? If you have come into the knowledge of that thing, if that pastor is praying, pastor, God will tell him that. Call that guy, go and take a city. Do you understand? So it's all about growth, like Pastor says, it's a journey. So the challenge we have is that we stay there. We stay there for pastor praying for you. And that's the system we operate. That's where we build industry on. That's the challenge. That's why we are slow. That's where we, we, we camp there. So I have a pastor now. So I have a Okay, guys. What I would like to add to it, I think that there is, there is when people say, um, I'm tapping into the grace of a man of God, I know they are using it within a context. Yeah. Right? The reality is that what Pastor Martins is saying is very accurate. Grace is not a thing. is a person of Christ. So the life of Jesus is grace. And God fully gave us grace. And when we say there's a measure of grace, it's not so much that each of us receive different dimensions of grace, but we are different levels of the understanding of the workings of grace in our lives. But then again, when people use the grace of the man of God, in, in a sense, it talks about culture and honor. For instance, if you are here... You are going to pick certain things by being virtue of being here. Yes. And sometimes you pick it from the people who stand here. So it's almost like they are awakening something in you, right? That there's, there's, there's somebody who is here as well who he's been, every sermon he writes it. So he's been posting these days. And he actually said when, when he posted something, someone was like, oh, you're talking like Pastor Ferdy. And it's not so, you're writing like Pastor Ferdy. And it's not so like, oh, Ferdy has a grace. And then the, he's now tapping. The fact is that because he's listening and writing, he's also picking language. So as we interf in, 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 in community, you catch on with culture. Here at the tribe, we are, we are very big on bold ideas. We are not, not afraid. We are very intentional about love. So it's only natural for you to flow at that frequency. Yeah. Before long, you'll be talking love. And if you go to a church that is very obsessed about um, deliverance, you would intentionally also try to see deliverance in almost everything you do. So when you pick those things, it's it, but we cannot take away that when you honor somebody, you participate in that which they already work in, yeah. right? When you associate with somebody, you participate with that that they already work in. It's a certain type of grace, but it's not the grace at the level we're talking. So the, the definition of, uh, of English also says, oh, uh, that man has grace. When they see somebody running, They'll be like, ah, that guy, he has, yeah, grace. He has uh, grace. We use it to describe, it's almost like a common type of grace that you just seem to have a natural knack for something more than the other person. But the life of God that is grace is not in measure. It's fully available to us Everybody. and in everyone. Yeah. But honor your man of God. Excellent. Give to them, like participate in honor because we are called to honor. Like we are called to honor our parents. We are called to honor, but it's not just the men of God. We are called to honor each other because we are each images of God mirroring into ourselves. So when you honor another person less than yourself, that's where you have superiority complex. Yeah. And when you honor another person more than yourself, that's where you have inferiority complex. But when you hold each other in that in honor, esteem, case yes. of esteem as beings where God dwells, you are elevating our human experience collectively and we are better for it. Yeah, we're better for it. Right. And it rubs off, it does rub off. Um, Laban said, I observe that God has blessed me because of you. Then, of course, Lot gathered a lot of things because of his association with Abraham. You see, when he left Abraham, you, you knew what happened now. He went, to the, he went to greener pastures, but he actually left where the real thing is. He left the green pastures. He saw greener pastures. He said, oh, the place was luscious, green. He chose there. Abraham didn't have to look for green place. Abraham said, choose anywhere. I'm the green. Wherever I go, is green. He said, he said, look anywhere, choose. If you go left, I go right. If you go right, I go left. Baba knew 
because God called him to inherit God. He said, walk with me and be perfect. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. You're my... He told David, knock him and said, God, you're my portion. Another question before we pray? Question? Okay, no question. All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Okay. Let's rise. Sometimes, even though we hear these things, we say these things, sometimes we still have personal struggles. Maybe with your health, maybe with habits or stuff. Huh? We have them. So sometimes we also need help from, from brethren. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. We need help sometimes from our leaders to help us um, release, be released from those shackles. So just in case there's anybody here and you have struggles physically, in your body or whatever it is, don't worry, I'm not asking you to come out. I don't, you don't have to come out. But we're going to pray concerning that. Um, if you want to identify, you can identify. So we're just going to pray and release on you what is yours, what is inside of you. Um, we should know really, because these things we, we affirm or that we're talking about, they are not things for us to just know and be excited about. Like I said, they are things for us to live by, to engage with. When it becomes an intoxicant, you naturally just behave it. The way for it to become, the way for it to become, to come to that level is when we focus on it. We say it over and over again, and then we attempt to behave it. So this morning, if you are here and you are under any bondage of sickness, ailment, disease, maybe you say I was born that way, uh, it's congenital, uh, whatever the name is. We have sang this morning about um, the beautiful name of Jesus, how his name is above every other name. Guess what? That name is part of your inheritance. You have inherited the name of Jesus. You have here inherited who Jesus Christ is. So right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, I set you free from pain. I command every pain, disease, limitation, ailment in your body to go right now. I break your power over this congregation. Spirit of infirmity, lose your hold now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are free and whomever the Son of God sets free is free indeed. So in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I set you free from heart disease, from liver malfunctions, from blood disease, from every form of cancer, from incessant headaches, from blurry visions. Right now, you are free in the name of Jesus, be free and be healed in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. The pain is gone and the limitations are gone. It's yours. Receive it and thank God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You can log on to thetribelagos.com or email us at hello at thetribelagos.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter on the tribe Lagos. God bless.